Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about a UFO crash in Nepal. That's correct, UFO crash in Nepal. Now, this specific crash we've touched on in the other uh, podcast yesterday, it happened in 1968. I want to first take a little bit of a look at the background that this occurred in. Now, this first article comes to us from the AsianAge.com. AsianAge.com. The title says, Six UFOs Sighted Over India, Nepal, Bhutan, in 1968, CIA Report. So we know this happened based on a CIA report that was declassified here a few years ago. It says, One white light and simultaneously two blasting sounds were heard on March 4, 1968, above Ladakh. And then it goes on here, Dateline Mumbai. Of thousands of declassified documents published online by the Central Intelligence Agency, one contains details about sightings of unidentified flying objects or UFOs in India, Nepal, and Bhutan. The CIA documented a total of six UFO sightings over South Ladakh, Northeast Nepal, North Sikkim, and Western Bhutan in 1968. Three UFOs were sighted in Ladakh, India. So, of course, the CIA would have been there because that was right at the height of the Vietnam War, as we mentioned before. It says the CIA report dated April 11, 1968, gives specific details of the date, local time, and area of the UFO sightings in the regions. Two flying saucers were spotted in Ladakh, one on March 4th and another on March 25th. See, it says specifically flying saucers. And one in Sikkim on the night of February 19th, 1968, according to the CIA report. The UFO in Sikkim was flying from southeast to northwest over Lachung, Lachen, Thangu, Magathong, and Chalamu. A thunder sound was heard in Chalamu after sighting the object. In Ladakh, one white light and simultaneously two blasting sounds were heard. Also, one reddish light followed by white smoke was seen at 1 p.m. on March 4, 1968, above Changla, Phuk, and Koil. The one sighted over Ladakh on March 4th was following a circular path. I find this interesting because, as we've seen recently, these racetrack UFOs, they just the ones that we see up there that are just traveling in a circle. It's almost like maybe they're standing watch for the other ones. I'm not sure. It says it left a trail of smoke behind it. Another flying saucer was spotted on the night of March 25, 1968, and it was rocket-like with a white-yellow trail about 20 yards long at a height of 20 to 25,000 feet. So this is a lot of activity. Now, granted, some people might say, well, this was a disabled airplane or something, but these people were seeing this stuff all the time because, as I said, this was the height of the Vietnam War. While two UFOs were sighted in Nepal, one February 19th and another on March 25th, one was spotted over Thimphu in Bhutan on February 21st. This is a lot of activity. One, quote, blazing object was seen over Koski in Nepal on the night of March 25th, 1968. 
It was flashing intermittently and disintegrated, the report said. A huge metallic disc-shaped object with a six-foot base and four feet in height was found in a crater at Bultachar, five miles northeast of Pakara, it added. And this is strange to me, too. It describes it as a huge metallic disc-shaped object with a six-foot base and four feet in height. So apparently the saucer was four foot tall, but extremely large as far as the circumference goes. It says, and then the report just kind of leaves off right there. It's almost like it just lists the information, and then it just apparently just everything else must have remained classified. And we've got a couple other accounts here. I'm trying to get some closure on this thing. We talked about this a little bit last night, but I didn't feel like I really got into it deep enough. This article here from January 28, 2017 from the Himalayan Times, it says UFOs over Nepal, question mark, CIA had reported two sightings 49 years ago. Of course, this is 2017 when this is written. It says, Kathmandu, recently declassified documents of the U.S. Intelligence Agency revealed that the Central Intelligence Agency had reported several sightings of unidentified flying objects over Nepal and neighboring countries, India and Bhutan, in 1968. So you can see here it took them almost 50 years to release the declassified version of the document. So think about that when you think about disclosure. You hear about these great sightings and they tell you that they're investigating and they'll get back to you. Well, the, the time frame that you're thinking of is 50 years. In, co in a confidential information report, Disseminated on April 11, 1968, the CIA listed seven sightings in the region from South Ladakh to Bhutan, including twice over Nepal from February 19th to March 25th that year. A UFO over Nepal was first sighted on February 19th between 2100 p.m. So that's like, what, 9 o'clock? And 2125 p.m. local time over Olongchung, Gola, and Gunsa areas of Tapeljung District in eastern Nepal, bordering China. Now remember, China was not the powerhouse then that it is today, although they did have a, a relatively strong military, but nothing like today. The UFO's direction of flight was northeast to southwest, according to the report. After five weeks or so, in the evening of March 25th, another UFO was sighted over Kaski region of western Nepal. So five, five weeks. You have to wonder, what were these things doing there for five weeks? It just seems... It just seems like an extremely long time for these sightings to be happening over and over again. A kind of this prolonged period, five weeks. The CIA report said the direction of light appeared to be north to south. A blazing object flashing intermittently accompanied by big thunder sound disintegrated over Cascade region. Now, apparently they're taking this from an eyewitness account. And how this thing could be blazing... But at the same time, they said it was flashing intermittently, like a light flashing, I suppose. And then they say that it disintegrated. So you have to ask yourself, does they mean that it just like disintegrated into a million little pieces? Or did it somehow come apart? Then it says a huge metallic disc-shaped object with a six-foot base and four feet in height was found in a crater at... Baltachar, five miles northeast of Pakara, portions of a similar object were found at Talakot and Tirupasal, 
Wow. So what this is telling us is this must have been a massive object that apparently broke into three pieces, is what it sounds like, and then fell, I don't know, possibly miles apart. Now, the CIA is reporting this, but they're not telling if it was on if it was from eyewitness accounts that they trusted. If somebody took some, somebody obviously took the time to measure this thing or estimated the size of it, so this thing had to have been seen on the ground. And here, this in this report, we're seeing that there actually were three parts of it. It says the report, which was meant for controlled dissemination, in other words, you're not supposed to see it, and not for foreign dissemination. When it was repaired, however was approved for its release on April 2nd, 2001. So, 30, 33 years later, it's approved, but, you know, they're not writing about it until 2017. And the cover of the report includes images of Donald E. Kehoe, if you're into the whole UFO thing, you probably have heard of him, who headed National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena from 1957 to 1969, and Dr. Edward Condon, former head of the National Bureau of Standards who was named director of the Air Force-sponsored Civilian Investigation of UFOs with headquarters at the University of Colorado. And then it says NICAP was formed in the U.S. in 1956. NICAP was formed in the U.S. in 1956 to keep tab on mysterious UFOs. It says he is convinced UFOs are intelligently controlled from outer space, the caption for Keo's photograph read. Well, so they've already labeled him in this photograph. He will find out, caption for Dr. Condon read. Wow, isn't that interesting? Meanwhile, the CIA released an archive of 800,000 files, which includes 13 million pages of declassified documents online earlier this year. Now, this is interesting. So the CIA, apparently the CIA had a couple pictures, one of Kehoe, one of Condon. The one of Kehoe, the picture has written on it, Quote, he is convinced UFOs are intelligently controlled from outer space. And then on Condon's picture, it says, he will find out. And then it says dot, 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 so that must have been something else. He will find out what? That they are or that they're not, and they're leading us to believe they are. That really adds to the mystery. So strange. And so strange to me that the CIA even released this. This this is a documented UFO. UFO crash that happened in Nepal, okay, they describe how this apparently quite massive craft came in in the blaze, light blinking on and off, it disintegrates, and by that apparently it means it breaks into parts, and you've got three, uh, a massive disc it sounds like, landing at three different locations, and at least, you know, uh, 10 foot in height, like the 6 foot base and the and the uh, four foot in height, that that's what they mean by this, and this large, I think it described as huge circular disc. Now, I can't imagine that the CIA just left those three uh, chunks of remains of the spacecraft there without going back to investigate. It's strange, it's strange that, to me, this is a bigger story than what we got a couple years ago uh, from... Uh, to the Academy with the Stars, with with the Go Fast Gimbal, and uh, the other FLIR uh, camera footage. This is way bigger. I mean, this is eyewitness accounts of a UFO crashing, landing in three different uh, locations here in Nepal, being reported by the CIA. Just report stated as fact, 
and telling us that there was actual uh, an actual disk at one location and two other locations had similar wreckage. This seems like a much bigger deal to me. I just don't understand why it hasn't got the traction that some of these other stories do. Now, one last article I want to look at before we close up, and this is from the Kathmandu Post. Kathmandu Post. Uh, the date on this, I think, yeah, but here we go. February 8th, 2019. Title says, How the U.S. Kept Tabs on UFO Sightings and Yeti Hunting in Nepal. So they were, they were, they were keeping a, an eye on all the paranormal stuff. And I think they still are. We've seen that with ATIP. We see this with the stuff that was done out in Skinwalker Ranch. I mean, they're interested in all this stuff. Whether they want you to know they are, they don't. But they're investigating it. So they see the connection between Yeti and UFOs, Bigfoot and UFOs. The intelligence committees, it's clear that they see this connection. Here on March 25th, 1968, it says 8.15 p.m. This is another telling of the story. Residents of Bachelor Char Pukara on the way to Mahandra Gufa witnessed an unusual phenomenon. A blazing object flashing intermittently accompanied by big thunder sound disintegrated over Kaski region. Sounds like a sonic boom uh, accompanied with the crash. Although although urbanized today, Bachelor Char would have been little more than a few homes amid rice fields at the time. Pukara itself was a sleepy town centered around the north-south axis of Bagar to Ramkrishna Toll, the old market. The American Central Intelligence Agency, however, found the phenomenon interesting enough to classify it as an unidentified flying object in a report dated June 13, 1974. So we have the crash in 1968, but they're not found in the report to 1974. Think about it. Most interestingly, the document noted that a huge metallic disc-shaped object with a six-foot base and four feet in height was found in a crater at Baltichar, five miles northeast of Pakara. Now, if they're taking six years to fill this report out, why would they even include this? I have to think that they knew about this a long time before that report was filed, and the report that was actually filed was a lot closer to 68 than 74. This just sounds beyond belief to me. It says, this is not the only instance of UFO spotting by the CIA in our part of the world. Although the sources have been redacted, presumably for security reasons, or maybe they just, maybe they just don't want you to do a follow-up with the witnesses, who knows what we would hear? Probably we haven't heard the half of it. I would love to talk to some of these eyewitnesses if they're still alive. Similar bright objects were seen in the skies above Ladakh, Thimphu, Sikkim, and Olongachung, Gola, and Gunsa, and the east of Nepal, where a fast-moving object, long and thin, emitting red and green bright light, as bright as to cause daylight. Now, this one's so bright that it's lighting up the whole sky at night. And remember, this is 1968. It's a rural area. There's probably not a straight light, not a street light in 10 miles. It's dark. And this thing's lighting up the whole sky. It says it was seen on the night of February 19th, 1968. So it's been like, what, about a month before the crash? The document covers UFO sightings between February and March of 1968, during which there were seven such sightings in these areas. It's almost like maybe one of these things was in distress and they were trying to rescue it. Because you have the crash in, six, in March, but here in February, in February, they're seeing this fast-moving object, long and thin, emitting red and green bright light, as bright as to cause daylight, was seen on the night of February 19, 1968. goes on, it says, The report is part of a trove of documents the CIA declassified and released in 2017. 
As expected, the archives focused on Nepal over Cold War geopolitics. American American preoccupation with communist presence in Nepal, Sino-Soviet aid, and and Indian outlook towards the country. There are also notes about the early days of democratic Nepal. On January 3, 1950, note reads... Many of the ruling Ranas are purchasing property outside of Nepal. They fear the communist menace, which is mostly indigenous. Congress party members seem to be operating in concert with the communist party against the government. In 1953, after the flight of K.I. Singh to China, a CIA note read, In early November 5, 1953, K.I. Singh was staying in a village near Tradem, Tibet, where the Chinese communists had established for him a headquarters where he could organize and train Nepalese communists. A footnote adds, in April 1952, Dr. Kaiser Indra Singer's followers in Tibet were being trained by Chinese Communist Army officers, notably one of the archives related to the Project ST Circus and CIA covert operation that trained and inserted Tibetan Chusi Gangrek girl fighters into Tibet via Mustang and other upper Himalayan regions has been released. So all of this takes place in the backdrop of uh, the Vietnam War, in the backdrop of a lot of, uh, of a civil war, it sounds like, civil strife, and the, a communist movement in this part of the country. Very troubling times. So it makes it even more, uh, it makes it even believe, more believable to me that people took the time to report these very strange UFO sightings, considering the times that they were living in. Now, they also got a, a note here on how to handle... Uh, contact with Yetis, and this is dated November. This this is an actual a note from the embassy, November thirtieth, nineteen fifty nine. It says there are at present three regulations applicable only to expeditions searching for the Yeti in Nepal. These regulations are to be observed in addition to the fifteen clauses as listed in the Mountaineering and Scientific Expeditions in Nepal. The CIA is concerned about expeditions looking for Yeti. Tells me they were actively looking for this thing. The three regulators regulations are as follow: one, royalty of residence five thousand Indian currency will have to be paid to His Majesty's government of Nepal for a permit to carry out an expedition in search of Yeti. So you got to pay off the government first. In case Yeti is traced, it can be photographed or caught alive, but it must not be killed or shot at except in an emergency arising out of self-defense. All photographs taken of the animal, the creature itself, if captured alive or dead, must be surrendered to the government of Nepal at the earliest time. News and reports throwing light on the actual existence of the creature must be submitted to the government of Nepal as soon as they are available and must not in any way be given out to the press or reporters for publicity without the permission of the government of Nepal. Well, think about that. If you see a Yeti, don't talk about it. Come report it. Even in Nepal, trying to control the narrative about Yeti. It goes on here. It says, The note on the UFO is short. There aren't any explanations provided, or if there are, they've been redacted. Extraterrestrial explanations aside, could the sighting simply be countries testing out new surveillance craft? The CIA suggested the agency was itself responsible for reports of unusual activity in the skies in the 1950s. Turns out they've been testing, okay, and then it goes on with all this nonsense about the U-2. This is what's called a uh, rabbit trail right here. So we've just got this compelling report from the UFO, from the CIA, about a, about a 
UFO crash in 68, about a confirmed mass UFO sighting a month before that, about UFO wreckage found in three different places on the ground. I can't imagine the CIA heard about that and didn't do anything. They just say, hey, it was there. They just they report it matter-of-factly. Then they show us a document about what to do if you see a Yeti and how not to shoot one. And after all that's done, the CIA's response to that is, well, that UFO could have been one of our things. You know, we've got that U-2 flying around. Hard to imagine. I, I think that if a U-2 would have crashed in Nepal, the Chinese would have been happy to have told the whole world about it. And I don't think that the U-2 was disc-shaped. That's not how I remember that airplane being at all. It goes on here. It talks a little bit about conspiracy theories. It sends us down some more rabbit trails to, to try to make you believe, to not believe what you just read. And then here's a little bit about the Yeti hunters. It says the first of the regulations stipulated expeditions to look for, a, for the Yeti would have to pay a royalty of 500 uh, INR to the government. If the Yeti was found, it can be photographed or caught alive. Yeah, we went through this. Not to be shot except in self-defense. And then here it says, but where the note gets interesting is a background blog that suggests even though the U.S. government did not believe in the existence of Yeti, the memo was instead a strategic move to demonstrate the U.S. support of Nepal, of Nepal sovereignty, Nepal's position as a strategic buffer between India and China. So they're basically saying, well, we're not really interested in the, in the Yeti. We're just using that as an excuse to uh, show our deference, uh, show our respect for the government of Nepal uh, to kind of prop that government up. <laughs> I like the way they take the angles on this. But what I mainly got from this article, which was mostly well written, was the fact that the UFO reports this this crazy UFO crash from March of 1968. It tells you that they've got uh, UFO uh, material, a crash disc, and two other, and it says two other uh, spots just like it. So you've got this giant UFO broken into three pieces on the ground. The CIA reports it as fact, and then they never explain what happened to it. They never, they never talk about another investigation, nothing, except to keep this covered up for, you know, a, a good fifty years. It to me, it's it's just uh, more of the same that we've come to expect from our government and our intelligence community. But overall, uh, you know, if we have listeners there in Nepal or India and you're old enough to remember this UFO crash from 1968, please feel free to stop by and leave a comment uh, at Anchor, leave a comment at Twitter or on YouTube. We'd love to hear your side of the story and what you saw that night almost 60 years ago. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out.